Hello and welcome to another episode of our show. A reminder that we are on YouTube, so if you like us, please be sure to subscribe to our show so we can continue to build that up and uh, get some more, get more of our stuff out there to the the wild, wild web. Um, today's guest is Claudia Goetzeman. She is a celebrated photographer and end of life doula midlife and empowerment coach and yogi. You can follow her photography work at uh, Cla- Claudia Goetzeman on Instagram, as well as her encouraging work uh, at Permission to Bloom. Today, we discuss the great human journey of life and death. We examine the ultimate and timeless question of, of why. Why do we die? Why is there pain? What comes after death? What makes us feel alive? And uh, there's just so many, so many rich uh, pieces here in this, in this conversation. And I, I hope you enjoy and I, I hope you get something out of it. And the purpose of this discussion is to hopefully make us realize, I know it made me realize that the time that we are given is a privilege. And what we choose to do with that time is all the difference in who we are as a person. So hope you enjoy. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Our email is robsprobablywrong at gmail. And uh, enjoy. Thank you for listening. Uncut, uncensored, and unfiltered. This is an open mind. And you're listening to I'm Probably Wrong About Everything. So we have with us uh, Claudia Gertzeman. Did I get Hello. that last name right? You did. You practiced it so many times I did. before. I you did. Know, I did so the truth is out. That's right. right. <laughs> so, so Claudia, um, I, I wanted to have you on because uh, recently in my life, a very close friend of mine, he's passed away and uh, that was extremely difficult for me. And it still is, a, you know, the, there's a process and, uh, and, you know, it's day by day. And I know that this is kind of an area that you've, you sort of focus on is, uh, well, one of the things that you do among the many wonderful things that you do, photography, and, and you're, uh, you're involved in, in as a life coach, but you're an end of life doula. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is? Yeah, so uh, everybody's familiar with the birthing doulas. You help birth, you know, the babies. And now there's a new profession and that is end-of-life doula. So you help and guide the person from form to formless. You help to create a structure for that very person and the family members around it. So how long have you been doing that for? Um... It's 2021, so three, four years ago, I um, went through my own, I say I died, my old self died, Mm. I went through a crisis, and I got really interested in the topic of death, and as synchronicities had it, I was just so fascinated, I decided to go on this education, become a certified end-of-life doula. And um, 
then I felt that I didn't want to completely work at the very end of life. Um, so I went on and did a spiritual life coach training. Mm -hmm. And then I started Permission to Bloom, and I'm now saying I combine all the knowledge and the gifts of what I have, what I, who I am, and I share it forward with the world. Wonderful. So mm -hmm. it, it sounds uh, uh, very holistic in the sense that it's not just death, but it's... Well, it's not just death, but I mean, there is, you know, it's the question is, what is death? How many deaths are we actually experiencing through our life? We don't need to just narrowly think of the one big death. Our mm. cells actually are dying every day and bursting. Every day in the morning when you wake up, you're a completely new person. And you have actually died in the nighttime. And in the morning you arise again with, you know, newness. And um, we experience a lot of deaths in our life. So, for example, end of a relationship, a marriage, yes. a job, something, some part of our life suddenly ends, willingly or mm. unwillingly. And we have to be with that. We have to learn to put it down gracefully. We have to learn to grieve it. We have to, you know, just find a structure around to move forward. I, I mean, what a wonderful thing that you said that we have to learn how to grieve it. Every single loss uh, across the, the, the spectrum that is death, right? Because death isn't just this one, you know, it's the cessation of life. It could be the cessation of a relationship, of, you know, an occupation, a job, a moment, a generation. You know, mm. uh, uh, the, the end of being a kid, the death of being a kid, the death of innocence. So yeah. you mentioned grief and grieving. Mm. Is there a uh, is there a formulaic way of grieving? How does one grieve? Oh, well, it arises and it's probably first when it comes a tsunami of emotions and then you move through the stages and that's sort of and then that's where we get overwhelmed right we don't know what to do and we try to suppress it because we don't know how to be with these emotions it's anger loss um sadness overbearing bearingly sad sadness and it's because there's suddenly this empty space inside of us and to me I um, I like to reframe things. So for me, also grief is a celebration of what you lost, and it shows right. how much you loved, what the value was of that person, you or the situation you needed to let go of. Mm -hmm. And I think that for me, or I would say, you know, when we talk about structure of grief, we can arrive there and reframe it, then we can start the healing process. Well, and I think that that's the, the, the you know, from, from a distance, of course, mm -hmm. <clears throat> when you're not involved in it, but when you are able to sort of step outside yourself and look at what uh, death is, I mean, death is only hard for the living, right? As, as far, mm -hmm. as far as I know. Anyways. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but, when you grieve someone, when you're sad, when you, when you're like, oh my God, I I miss this person, I'll never see them again, that tells you of the beauty of life, 
you know, like that really to me demonstrates why life is so wonderful. Um, yeah, and- beautifully said, because it's exactly what, what, what my message to the world is. You know, when we talk about death, it becomes, it has become so heavy. And people, when I say what I do and why I want to talk about death, and, you know, it's a taboo still, there's a stigma mm. to it, then um, people usually shriek and they're like, oh my God, Claudia, why do you want to talk about this? But then it's not just that. It's a, again, it's the flip side is we need to talk about life. How well have you lived? How well has that person lived? How well are you loving? What does it really mean? And what are you experiencing? And if we um, can love and live in a very conscious way, then we can also find the journey towards the death in a more graceful and dignified way. So, actually, that's 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 a good point. I mean, you mentioned in our society. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm just going to kind of assume sort of Western Eurocentric society. We've kind of there's there's a taboo around death, mm-hmm. and I just where does that kind of is, is that from our religious background? Where do you where do you think that that comes from? Um, when did that start? Um, probably with industrialization, mm-hmm. um, because in when you when you go back, when you see our ancestors, they had much more a tradition and a ritual around um, the the process and the actual act of dying. And I was just recently talking about this with here in Germany. Um, old houses, for instance, the, the doorways are wider and bigger because the death was celebrated in the family home and the casket had to be transported in and out. So it, it was a family event. It was a communal mm. event. And then in our modern, so-called modern world, we took it to the hospital. I think it started probably when we um, sort of dismantled families and the structure, when when modern lifestyles, industrialization took the village square away, you know, and so everything became a mall and then our life went online and now death happens mostly in the hospital and it's very cold under neon light and Mm. often... You know, there's hardly a family member there. Or people have already been given medication for the ease of it, and they don't even experience the act of leaving this body. Wow, yeah. Yeah, and actually I want to say something. This is very fascinating. Uh, um, Again, this is I recently thought about this, you know. So when we are born, it's the same thing. We actually also change the way we're born into this world because Mm. there is this cry, this scream, this primal arrival of the body, of this baby through the body, right? The birth canal. And we have already also made it easy with the medications and it's all much more pleasant. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's very fascinating that there's these, un, either it's, these are the bookends of our existence in, right. in this life. And we have, we t- uh, decided to take 
the freedom or the authority as a society and change it. And, you know, I think we mm. need to come back to traditions. That's a, that, that's a wonderful point, uh, is that we're trying to control what has never really been of our control. You know, like mm -hmm. how someone's born, I mean, now we can just, you can get the injection to just completely numb it. And we also know of how that can further uh, uh, kind of complicate things mm -hmm. is the medication, right? Because then the body, we're actually uh, not letting the body do what it does. Because I, 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 we have a daughter, she's 18 months old mm -hmm. uh, and, and she's 19 and uh, months and we were doing all the reading before about the breathe work and, mm -hmm. you know, having natural birth and, and in our society, you know, we, we do the injection and then it actually makes for a way longer labor. Mm -hmm. And then we go into death and how we try to numb people from the experience of death. Mm -hmm. When the body, you know, the human species has been dying for a hundred thousand years. Mm -hmm. So there's a natural way that we die and there's things in our brain that allow it i think there's like you know dmt is DMT, released or something yeah. mm -hmm. when when Release. you die yeah and also or the prolonging maybe the person really also already wants to mm. um you know not be here anymore mm. by naturally it's the process is ending and then the family members decided to prolong it for years sometimes months and so it's because you know we have lost we're out of touch with what really what it means to 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 pass on to let go we're so the letting go is so foreign to us yeah and that but, you know goes stru structures along our entire life because we struggle of letting go so many things but if we are able to let go we find really that freedom we seek so much intimacy with other people right uh, I, I honestly I, I i couldn't agree with you more and this is something that um the I, I actually i was in this chat group last night and i heard something that was just like to me it was revolutionary and uh i'm probably gonna pull it i wrote it down what this person said mm. but it was advancement through adversity something along the lines and in our society we we love our comfort and we we i'll speak for myself i've avoided adversity throughout my life hmm. but you know try as i may try and hide as i may adversity always finds you yeah and when i was younger i've talked about this quite a bit my my father passed away and that was very difficult and tragic but it actually made me who i am today it's made me the uh i would consider myself an empathetic person mm -hmm. uh, and, and i and i have this ability to really enjoy the moment anybody who knows me knows i can really enjoy the moment perhaps too much but that's kind of where it is is that we hold on to life and we try to control these people and keep them here but it's like it's like at awake people say all these wonderful things about the person and i scratch my head and i think did you tell that person when they were living this hmm. you know did you let them know how much you love them when they were here because that's to me, that's the answer. That's part of uh, sort of relieving ourselves of future grief and guilt is telling someone we love them while they're here. Mm -hmm. And then we can let go. But I think mm -hmm. we hold on to 
what we've missed out on. And, you know, that goes back to this, the, the industrialization of existence mm -hmm. is that we're working all the time. We're always busy, always doing something that we're not able to live in the moment. And as a, as a response, when it comes to the end, we're like, hold on, stay here. And it's this existential angst that because of how we live, we've created this artificial uh, journey, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, no, beautifully said. I agree. It's why do we struggle so much with, with this process? And why, why, have, why do we have so much fear about letting go and really... You know, we, uh, we as a society, it seems like we have lost the focus on that. It's truly the journey. It's not mm -hmm. about arriving. And there's, you know, and then with the way we now live, and this is worldwide, everywhere, right? We buy into these ideas of in this hamster wheel, work, 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 you know, buy another, get another mortgage. And then one day I will retire and one day I will be happy. And one day mm -hmm. I will do this and travel the world, even so I wanted to do it when I was 16. But, you know, I just never had time. Right. And so where does this come from? Why are we so afraid to step out of it and say, now, 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 just now, because tomorrow, there's no tomorrow. Yeah. There's no tomorrow. And we have so much now into our face, learned this in this past year. The universe is really yeah. showing this to us, you know, now. And what really matters is also then community and meaningful relationships. Mm -hmm. And then we become so afraid of saying to our beloved ones exactly those words. I care for you. You mean so much to me. I love you. I'm so grateful you spend this time, you know, whatever. And we just, we don't do it. Why is there so much fear? And, you know, it's this, the more we say it, the more we find what we want as a, you know, we find that connection, the intimacy, because we're allowing to be seen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, I, I, yeah, again, I mean, I think we're, you know, to your point, it's uh, this idea of vulnerability, you know, like we're, I really, I, as an educator, um, I, I'm a, an elementary school counselor. And as an educator, I see that really it kind of does lie in the messages and the stories that we're telling people, the examples mm. that we're providing for our children. Our kids are our future. You know, mm -hmm. and, and we really overlook that. Like we really, in a very shocking, disturbing way, we completely uh, uh, underestimate the power of children, which are our future. And if you want to build a better society, where do you start? You start with your kids. But then there's, you know, the, the education has become this very strange business. And, you know, that's a completely separate subject. But my point is, yeah. is if you want to get back to if you want to get back to a world that has meaning you start with your kids and being present in their lives and teaching them about it like i'll never forget my dad when the lion king came out greatest film of all time in my opinion he he explained to me the circle of life because i just thought it was a cool movie and i was like sweet there's lions and they fight but he's like no this is all about the journey and mm -hmm. you know he sat me on my bed and and, and he 
he was like, you know, one day uh, I'm going to leave and you're going to have to live your life without me and you're going to start a family and then you'll have to leave. And then he, I don't know, we had this conversation, but I was really fixated on the leaving bit. And he left and I was like, I was like four and this kind of dread started washing over me. And then I went to bed that night and I was like, I I had this realization, oh my God, we're all going to die one day. And, uh, and I was like four and, and maybe that was early to have this revelation or whatever. Maybe that's about the appropriate time. But I was like, really just because I, I love life. And I'm like, oh, my God, it has to end all good things. You know, Buddhism, uh, nothing is forever. And my dad came in because it's late at night. And he's like, Robert, like, what's wrong? I'm like, I just realized we're all going to die. And he's like, oh, go to bed. Like, don't worry about it. But that was another lesson there. And, and it's mm. like, OK, so, yes, we're all going to die. What are you doing about it to be alive? So, for example, my friend who passed away, um, he has a 10-year-old son now. He's 10 mm. today. And if you want to keep somebody alive, you stay in contact with their family. That's what I think. Rather than me just mourn their loss, mm. I am keeping that bond and that connection with his son. And that's a way of surviving him mm. after he has left. That's beautiful. It's beautiful that you have this awareness that you actually realize that you need to stay in touch and be present and feel probably you're stepping into a hole, right? He experiences and you you can fulfill some something because you were the friend. You can just maybe you become a male hero figure in his life. And can then the yeah. knowledge you have, you share forward and you can give him that strength and help him to go through the grieving process in that sense. And and the other thing is always being in counseling. We talk about, uh, tr I can't even think of the word now, but anyways, tra transference, I believe is the word. Mm. And that's that uh, um, as a counselor, I should never be doing like, when I'm working with a client, I should never be doing my healing through them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The no. focus is on them. And I, ha yeah. and I have to be aware of that boundary. Of course, this is different. This is my friend's family. But just being present, you know, and, and being there. And, and I do think that, that this transference piece is so uh, medical in the sense mm -hmm. of you talked about hospitals being these overly sanitary places that kind of lack humanity maybe mm -hmm. I, i'm not saying you're saying that but that's kind of what i find no like i'm saying just, i am saying that yeah. actually i am i am straight so, up saying that yeah, mm -hmm. yeah so they, they lack humanity and i think that sometimes in counseling we can sort of lack humanity like you have mm -hmm. to kind of when i'm working with somebody to make a connection i tell them about my story i don't just go mm -hmm. like oh yeah 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 oh that sucks i'm like you know, this is not the same, but there's some similarities perhaps mm -hmm. in my own story. And I think that that helps people. Right. It's, it's an attunement. I think the, we need to attune with our um, clients or subjects who are trying yeah. to work with or help with. And it's about how, uh, you know, establishing safety. If I can share my story and they know that I or I understand them and I can bring some examples, then we feel aligned and attuned 
and I probably will feel their energy. They will feel mine. Mm. And as you know, everything is energy and we will, we will connect on that level. And therefore we can establish um, a feeling of more safe sharing forward whatever that person needs to share forward you know we're so i mean it's it's again we're so afraid to be mm. seen mm. you know social media puts out this idea oh we're all perfect mm. we you know the way we want to be seen or the way social media wants to see us is out the perfect life the perfect partner the perfect emotion the perfect everything but that is not it's so far 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 from the truth right so then we become afraid to show our complete rawness right yes mm. yeah and and and, and and that's 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 a good one is this rawness it's like um i think tears are amazing you know to cry yeah. is such like i i always feel better because here's the thing when when i was growing up i really struggled with anger and you know mm -hmm. i punch holes in walls and shit like that and uh you know that's the reason why i was doing that is cuz i was sad the appropriate mm -hmm. response would be like, oh, my God, I'm just I feel so insecure right now because that's what it is. The 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 aggression was my way of saying that I can't be beat. You know, I'm mm -hmm. again going to this control piece. You know, mm -hmm. I can control this, you know, by might or by right. Or excuse me, by might through right or right through might. anyways. Mm -hmm. Right. But then the other day, I don't know, something happened and I just started crying and i was like shit like you surrendered. i can't i surrendered, surrendered. and I, I didn't feel powerless mm -hmm. i actually felt like i accepted this because because exactly. at the end of the day what would happen if i you know kicked a stool and broke my foot i just make the thing worse yeah right but to surrender and i think that in life we try to control life mm -hmm. but look at mother nature you can't control like you, you think mankind as smart as we are we cannot control a hurricane mm -mm. or an earthquake no or a tsunami is, but, but it's it's again through covid right it's been so mm -hmm. in our face this this false belief that we can control anything and it's just not possible so we have to accept and trust we have to trust to trust we have to trust the process we have to trust this comes our way and when we trust it the space opens up for us to step in and then we can be also in this rawness and in our vulnerability with our courage and then that creates the intimacy we seek so badly with one another mm. you know and that also is the support because mm. if, if you share yourself with me and you say i hurt i am grieving i am so sad i i had a hard time getting up i don't know i, I you know my day sucks my week sucks i don't know how you know i can't shower i'm like oh, it's okay it's really okay. And then it, it, you know, I can hold you and then we have, we have this relationship and you know that you're not alone and that will help you just by that, you know, it's that chicks are almost like mm -hmm. dance we do right in this space. We, we allow by allowing to be seen, 
it's I think that's where where we need to go. That's where we need to go back to. Well, and and, and the other thing that I was thinking about is, like, I, we're all just here. We want to survive. We want to live. But more than survive, we want to thrive. Mm. And I think that uh, um, by nature, people are generally good. I do believe that. But things happen mm -hmm. in their lives, traumas, adverse childhood experiences. They've been hurt so many times, you know, by other people who have been hurt that they become something. You're not just, you're not born this way. You're not, you know, like villains in films. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's like, that's not really what it's like. People aren't just born Darth Vader. You know, they're not just born <laughs> Scar. They become that, you know, right. this sort mm -hmm. of this, this manifestation, even, even the devil, he was an angel, mm -hmm. right? He became, you know, I, and that's a separate story. But my point being is that people are generally good. And when you can show that vulnerability and that rawness and that, I'm here for you. Like I call people brother. I don't call people sister as much. Uh, um, I don't know why. I, maybe I need to get into that. I'm, it's not me being a, a patriarchal person or anything, mm -hmm. but I'm all about the family, right? Mm -hmm. And the people that I have close connections with, damn, do they know it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Well, I think you you just touched on the on the drama and all the 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 villains and that we're not born that way it's yes. you know it's hap life happens so this is what we we have fallen out of um attachment with ourselves or like with connection let's say we need to reconnect to our true core mm. self and the way often these what the drama has done to us is just a coping mechanism to survive actually whatever drama happened uh, you know in in this in mm -hmm. maybe you were you were one year old maybe you didn't even have language maybe you were four years old you know whatever in our upbringing maybe we had to really truly learn how to cope you know there's two 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 things to look at right there's our authentic self and there's attachment and we right in order to thrive as you said we need to really truly be our authentic self. And this is where we you know we struggle so much with because we have been been disconnected because we gave up authentic self for attachment. And when you are little, you have no other choice. You can't be authentic. You have to attach to your parent. Even your parent treats you horribly or your family member because mm. you need to get food. You need mm. to have a place to sleep. Mm. So, you know, and then it becomes this coping mechanism and it works when you're little. And then often when we are adults, it becomes the hurdle in our way. It really stops us from our growth. And that's where, you know, the work needs to, the work starts. That is such a, mm -hmm. uh, uh, thank you for sharing that because you're right. There's, there's the authentic self and there's the attachment. And mm -hmm. I think with authenticity, uh, like high school to me, it's like, God, what a prison. Anyways, my experience is because if you're authentic, what happens? People oftentimes make fun of you, mm -hmm. you know, and then, and then you live with the, the sort of post uh, fear of that. Like, cause mm -hmm. once you step out into society, like, you know, I'm online doing this thing, there's always going to be people that are like, Oh, that's stupid or whatever. 
that's shame and shame mm-hmm. is such a it's a it's a disease that's killing us before we're right. dead mm-hmm. you know yeah because shame, shame creates cool. stress and yeah. you know and and we just need to get away from that yes i think that sometimes shame you know we want to like you, when your parents say oh, i'm not mad i'm disappointed you know at the same time it's why don't we have a conversation like mm-hmm. instead of you know what the hell are you doing why did you do that yeah, but then if your parents, you know, it's not your parents' fault either because they of just course. lived their way, the way they learned it. And then uh-huh. they landed from their grandparents or pa- from your grandparents, their parents, right? So and then often it's ancestral. And if you don't have the tools or the language to break it or to heal it, so it just ripples forward and ripples forward. And you carry all this trauma. And unless you know that is actually not your fault, mm-hmm. Then you know you cannot change it. Well, and, and, and you know, and, and you think about things like homophobia and you know transphobia, all these things. It's like, mm-hmm. but why is that? Like, for example, if a friend of mine is gay, uh, like, why should I? Why should I tell him how to live his life? You know, that's that shame piece. Why can't he live his? Why can't they live their authentic life? You know, why is it, why do I have to make it my, uh, you know, presumed responsibility, you know, Mm. as a society? Why do we, why do we do that to each other? Because we're afraid of the foreign, what we don't know, we're going to try to kill, destroy And that's why where this disconnect again happens. It's, uh, it's with the planet, you know, it's foreign to us because we lost touch with the core of mother earth how it works the integrate beautiful system we're all one and if we would understand that then we could also accept that your friend is simply gay and love is love we don't have to be afraid because he's Mm. still an amazing human being just because he loves another somebody you you can't you know you can't go completely behind it right it's there shouldn't be any judgment and, and and I think that that's just it is because mm. I think we're coming to a point where we're sort of starting to realize, at least I realize, uh, we have a mental health crisis, you know, on our hands because mm. we're starting to realize how artificial the way we live is. Right. You know, to me, this, the Internet, I mean, everyone's very concerned about the digital age and stuff like that. But the Internet is true democracy. It's It's actually... Mm. I'm able to connect with you like that and and we're able to have this wonderful conversation and I can do that with all around the world. And it's so enriching because it's actually getting me back to my authentic self through these attachments with like-minded, maybe not even like-minded, but just with, with people that I can have this conversation with. And, Mm -hmm. and I, I really think we have to get away. We have to start and pontificate, you know, the way that we live because mm-hmm. going to going to Costco, man, you go there. That's a low frequency spot. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know what co- like Costco is. I know, I know is. what Costco is. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to assume that. It's I massive tried warehouse. not to go there, but <laughs> yeah, but it's like you go mm-hmm. there and people are on such a low frequency because it's very, again, artificial. Everything's in a box. Like there's none of it. I, I also hunt mm-hmm. and this is something I, I'm never, very open about because people have their opinions 
but I have such a connection with what it is that I'm doing when I do it. Like I go into a state Mm -hmm. and my buddy who hunts with me, he's like, dude, you are a wild man. Like I'm just, I'm in the forest and I'm going around and I'm just in the zone and it's, Mm -hmm. I can't even explain it. It's amazing. But versus going to trying to find parking in Costco and it's like, no wonder people are struggling so much. The Mm -hmm. way that we live is so Mm -hmm. constraining security because you know we we're under the the guise that we have security to me security is revealing itself as a new form of slavery Mm -hmm. not necessarily you know by by uh uh you know an overt oppressor but mental slavery yeah the the hamster wheel yeah you know and then everybody's afraid of stepping off the hamster wheel so it's just you know we we i'm sure you had many conversations and i have many conversations around this but where do we start right Mm. now you say you have a 19 year 19 months old baby so maybe you can you you can start with with that and the way you conduct your life maybe you say you hunt so you know what it really takes to kill an animal what Mm. you know you what the gratitude you need to bring to it and and say i'm going to kill this animal i'm going to eat it and or in say thank you for dying for me you know where it came from the way it 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 it, it, you shot it so there's a relationship you form a relationship in that moment with this animal and that's the normal way of life but again most people go to the supermarket and buy something deep frozen they don't know they don't care they don't have even the capacity to to engage on like where did this come from yeah i mean you ask some kids yeah no you're again there's a disconnection yeah yeah i agree but the disconnect is so vast now so i'm wondering Mm. how do we start is it you know how do we get people i guess one by one back into nature bare feet touch the ground really smell the grass appreciate the butterflies i mean it's i'm just wondering sometimes you know how will we make it will we really be able to, to, to formulate that connection back. I mean, it's so innate to us, right? It's in us. We yearn for it so badly. And yet, we're so afraid to step out of these box, out of the box and back into what is our humanity. And it's with the birth and it's with the death and then it's with the life in between. Mm. You know, it's the risk... Sh- we should be taking more risks. We don't need five of this and eight of this. And, you know, the simplicity of life is that. But I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes I struggle with the with it. And then when I'm in a good headspace, then I'm like, no, we're going to make it. We're, we're, you know, like we connect, mm-hmm. like you and I connect. We have this in- inspiring conversation. And then there's like, yes, yes, yes. There's a tipping point. We're all going to make it. And then when I sometimes watch some news, I'm like, there's no hope. But but I do think that certain things want to keep us bolted. Things mm. want to keep us strapped down where we are, right? Mm. The yeah. longest journey, the longest journey is back to ourselves. Yeah. Because it's the journey of life, you know. Mm-hmm. And we return at the end 
you know, I mean, cause, cause we could come back, but then we, we stray off and then we come back and we stray off talking again about these life cycles mm. within our lives, you yeah. know, to, to be born and to die again. You know, it's not like there's this one aha moment. We have many aha moments. At least I have, I've had many. And every one of them is making me a new different, presumably in my opinion, a better person. Right. And yeah, it's you, you're the layers, you peel back the layers and yeah. you, uh, you go deeper into yourself and you reveal more of your authentic self. But that's again, you have to have that courage. And if you are a person who has been traumatized for mm -hmm. many generations over and you carry that ancestral trauma, how do you peel back a layer I don't, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm not looking for an answer. I'm just putting it into the room. <laughs> and, and, and I, I am going to tell you what my answer has been. Mm -hmm. And that is forgiveness mm -hmm. to, you know, and, and, and that's just a word, by the way, until you do the action, everything mm -hmm. is just a word until you do the action, like these self-help books, you know, you do these 10 things and you're like, okay, okay, okay. But There, there's you need to have that practicality piece mm -hmm. and i'll never forget one time i did this anger management course and i was in the car after and i was doing the exercises and they want you to go back to your your inner child mm -hmm. and to tell them that they're okay and mm -hmm. you hold them and all this stuff mm -hmm. and i did that and i i forgave people but then i forgave myself mm, because let's not get it Let's not get it twisted. I have right. done horrible things in the name of pain, mm -hmm. right? You know, things I'm not proud of. I've hurt people, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and when I forgave myself, dude, I was crying. It was like I shed this demon that was inside of me, this dark pit. And I cried it out. Maybe you befriended your demon, actually. And I think you, I did, because yeah. maybe the demon just really got seen for the first time and reintegrated because he is a part of you. And you you looked at him into the eye and said, I forgive you. I want mm -hmm. you to be a part of me. Please don't control me all the time. You can be with me, but you know, you are okay. You don't have mm -hmm. to act up like this all the time. And, and, that and is, I, I think that's key. Yeah. And, and that you love it. You, mm -hmm. you, we have to love ourselves, mm -hmm. you know, because part of our society is this, is the way it's held by a thread and that's consumerism. I mean, right. this is just my rant, my philosophy, but mm -hmm. to keep this thing going, we have to keep injecting money into it. And so mm -hmm. we're, we're fed these messages of you need this, you need that. Mm -hmm. And then you start to think, okay, well, if I have, If I have these boxers, if I have this Xbox, I'm trying to get my fingers in here. It's hard because it's a smaller <laughs> box. If I have the Xbox, if I have this video game, I will have meaning. I will be fulfilled. But it just, it's, you, then you need the next thing, right? Right. So mm -hmm. you have to, the longest journey is back to ourselves and to realize that we're enough. We've always been enough. And the love that we give is the ultimate resource. I know that sounds you know, kind of out there, but it's true. When you can love people completely, you feel complete. Right. Yeah. And why is that that we feel like it's, 
finite it's finite love is not finite it's infinite right and the more we give it the more it creates and bubbles up and the more we share it forward and others mm -hmm. it comes back to us so it's just this idea and also you know you said so and i, I think trust is another one that we mm. really, truly just have to really trust ourselves, trust this existence, trust whatever comes our way is meant for us. Right. And then if there's a, a rock in our way that it's there for, for a reason, there's a lesson. And we get to, maybe it's another opportunity to pull back a layer, getting closer to our authentic self. And, and, and I think that, that mm. therein lies the kind of the conundrum, this great conflict is that stress is a result of us trying to control things or to mm. resist them. And the reality is, and you kind of mentioned it, is that things do need to be made aware, you know, mm. like our overconsumption and, and things like that. But if we want to make a difference, we have to be the difference. You know, yeah. I mean, look behind me, you see all these books. It's like, like how many trees did I cut down? to do that like i should really get an e-reader you know <laughs> right <laughs> point being is that like it's so fine and dandy and fanciful that i can be judge judging of others hmm. but i need to think about how many shirts i have in my closet that i'll never wear mm -hmm. you know change starts with us mm -hmm. and 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 that's and you even said it right collect memories not things not more junk that you're going to put in your china drawer. Um, no. You know, collect memories. Yeah, you know, at the end, that's what all what matters. I think when you go really truly to the very end, what people right. say most, and that's it. I should have loved more. I should have taken that trip. I should have meant my relationship with my son or mm. my best friend or you know those things really only matter nothing else matters yeah love friends. love is what matters in the end yeah but it's yeah. what mattered all along right <laughs> what's what what's old is new again mm -hmm. now in yeah. your work uh like I, I imagined you must learn things like every day like every person is a unique soul that you're with and it's very interesting because I've experienced lots of death in my life. And, you know, in our society, we do the, the whole open casket thing. And I just find like, that's not the person because right now I'm talking to the person I'm talking to your soul, mm -hmm. right? We're just in these vessels. Yeah. Uh, mine looks like a ghost, but <laughs> we, we we're alive right now. You know, there's mm -hmm. energy and electricity running through us that is animating us. But when we die, we go somewhere else. Our soul must go somewhere else because that's our energy. And the the best, and this is a strange statement, but the best funeral I'd ever had the privilege of being a part of was a Coast Salish funeral, which is an indigenous nation here in, in Western Canada. And just the way they did it, it was like such an honor to the person who had moved on. Whereas in, in the, the, the funerals that I've gone to, they're these incredibly somber and, and and I get it. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm just saying I'm comparing the two um, very somber and like, you know, people just get hammered. 
uh, and and stuff like that. And it's just it's not very. Whereas this one was like I felt like I was doing my healing of the people that I had lost, mm. not only just this person. Um, and it was just it was beautiful. And yeah, I think so that grace. The cultures, you probably experience yeah. grace. Yeah. And, and and also how different cultures do it. Because more I, I think some cultures are more connected than others. I think we all used to do that. It's just that we have yeah. forgotten. When you really go back in our own history of our West in our Western society, you can read about it. It used to be much more of a community gathering. The village would come together and you would celebrate the person who moved on. And because of that celebration, you connected and you became deeper in this in this in the in your relationship or you know it was like an intimacy the holding of the community the shared pain the shared grief the shared absence of that person yes. that all you know that's so important and then that makes me think of you know it starts with initiation so for mm. instance you mentioned earlier in the in the conversation of when you you have experienced the death from innocent child to adolescent there's an initiation right. and there used to be also um a process um, a ritual around initiation initiating that you now are a adult the family or the community where you lived in would you would go through something right when right. you and we don't do that anymore and so the wisdom also is not given on from the elder to the younger and now you know there's some sort of responsibility you suddenly need to carry because you're no longer that innocent child but you are become an adolescent or an adult a young adult and there's something so sacred in that and so it's i think it's very similar to the the way we are with death now mm. because you know it's again this um the the the, the holding of the, the the whole village or the community whatever you know the way it could be the, the bigger family comes together there is an there is an initiation there should be an, a ritual around that and that right. in itself can be so so healing this this coming together again i mean mm. life the life is full of death, but death is full of life. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, these people coming together to celebrate. And I, I kind of do think at least, you know, my experience is we try to protect our children and our loved ones from the reality of death. Like, like we really do kind of do this sort of like, oh, my God, mm. and shelter them from it. But that's life. Mm -hmm. That's the duality of it, right? Right. In order for something yeah. to exist, it also means that at some point it did not exist in the past and it will not exist in the future. Yeah. And also imagine when you really are aware that this person is going to leave you because mm. of the way we, you know, it's we're born to die. So wouldn't we then value the present moment 
in a much different way and be like, wow, I'm so grateful. Thank you for spending this weekend with me. Because, yeah. because you know, like, wow, instead of like, Ugh, now I have to spend a weekend with my parents. Right. You know, it's just we have this attitude. Yeah. It's like an option instead of like, it could truly be the last time we get to spend time with them and be with them. And if we come with this new, with this attitude to our everyday, mm -hmm. I feel like there is a huge shift. It goes away from annoyance. It goes to gratitude. It goes to appreciation. We're like, wow, thank you. And then also being honest, I'm like, okay, maybe we don't, we ne don't need to like everything about everybody. <laughs> We're human, yeah. right? But we can still be honest and still appreciate We're like, thanks for being honest. I really value that you share this with me. And that again brings the intimacy back into our life, even if it's not necessarily what we want to hear, but there's this respect. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, I, I, you know, it's awesome that you had the courage to share that with me. Thank you for being so honest. I'm like, I feel honored. And, and there's a strange irony there that the more fully you love and you live, the longer you will be alive. Mm. Right? Like the more that you embrace life and love it, you know what I mean? And be present, the longer you're going to be alive hmm. because you're, you're living your life. Whereas as you get older, you get kind of like, fuck, I didn't do that. And it builds up and you become resentful and all these things. I just, it's, it's such a, a wonderful irony of life. Yeah, because probably time changes, right? That's the thing. When you really step into that space of love, mm. then you experience the here and now so fully because you're so alive and it's so rich every moment. So then, yes, it feels like your, love, your life is much longer. So... <laughs> In your experiences, you, you, you know, as, as a end of life doula, what do you think happens after we die? You know, if you, if you're able to sort of, uh, obviously we don't know the answer, but what do you think happens? Well, I can only, maybe my, my personal, my personal opinion, speculation. Mm -hmm. I think there's, it's not the end. No, mm. it's just that we leave this body this body yeah. but there's a reincarnation in a different form and way because there's so many experiences and i'm sure you had them too where you meet people and there's this familiarity and you're like i've met you before mm. or we can recognize places there's like memories you don't know where they come from and often they pop up in our dream world and we don't really know what to do with them You know, and the more I think, again, we peel back the layers into authentic selves, probably we get more in touch with that, our soul. And, and or, I mean, sometimes you, you even, you see a baby. I mean, you have the baby mm -hmm. and you look at it and it's like this, wow, so much wisdom. Yeah. In the, in, in that, in that, in the eyes, in that soul already there. I don't know. It's just sort of comes back for a new journey, for something else to heal. I mean, I agree. My my humble opinion. No, and I. If, 
you know and sorry to interrupt you but no, no, and no, i no. think if if we if we can if we would live that way also if we would think that it, it's not the end then we also could would probably be in this life different there would be maybe a different appreciation you know for wow what happens after or who is this baby or this new person have i met this person before or what why is this person coming into my life now to, what is this person giving me what do i have to give hmm. you know to whoever i am with i don't know there, i think there there's much more to it what than what we um, perceive in this sort of narrowness i think it's much wider and broader well, and, and going kind of to what you're saying is, well, t tell me if this is what you're saying, that that these meridians that we live within, these sort of boundaries, mm -hmm. well, life is kind of boundaryless. Yeah. You know, like, like oh, I got to work the nine to five or, you know, I have to be here. But really, we are these like, we're amoebas. We're ame yeah. our, our souls are me but there's there's no real shape except for our bodies of course um mm. you know that's that's a pretty clear but even we we know that energy you know it's it emanates from us right and it's the emanation. there's something yeah mm -hmm. i mean we can't constrict ourselves yet that's kind of what society needs us to do for it to function mm. right yeah, it's it's also, I mean, just the, even the fact, like, let's say that we found each other to have this conversation right mm -hmm. here, right now. And we are connected through through Zoom, through this not technology was incredible, but still the vibration that we can feel each other's vibration. Mm. We don't know each other. And yet going from one part of the world to the other part of the world, I mean, it must be bigger. Whoa. You know, it's not that's a just, good point. I never even thought of that. Yeah. So it oh. is everything is energy, right? So, you know, we are now connected digitally, and yet I see you and I'm connected with you beyond the the platform. I am connected with you on a on a vibrational level. We have this conversation on it's there's so much more to it. Wow. And that's, yeah, I mean, because because really that's what it is. It's, there's this, you know, there's this clash between control and, you know, control. Even think about politics, control, conservatism, mm -hmm. and liberation, yeah. freedom, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Which is uh, being a liberal or whatever. You know, I, my my point is, is that, you know, we're worried that to keep this thing going, we have to control it. And then if yeah. we let it go, it's just going to, it's going to be like, ah, like dynamite, you know, the energy molecules go everywhere, but, but maybe, you know, yeah, it's just, and the other thing is that there are people that will always try to take more than they need. How do we, how do we counter that? I mean, how do we bring people back to their soul? I guess, you know, it's not ours to do. It's not, it's not ours to control, but. How do people come back? Is that just what death is? Finally, at the end, they realize, you know, the the futility of it all. That they're like, why was I, you know, is that what you see in, in End of Life Doula? That some people, at the end, they see the futility of what they were doing? 
It's that's the saddest, heart wrenching mm -hmm. thing there is. You imagine? Mm -hmm. This is yeah. Death is not pretty. I mean, it can be, but it's also it's just like birth. It's everything. It's raw, right? It's right. real. Things are said which had not been said for entire life. Regrets. Bitterness, it comes out because it's the last moment to say it, to set yourself maybe free. Right. To rectify something which needed to, in order to go on into that next part of your soul existence. I don't know. It's so personal. It's... But if we again I have to come back, you know, if we if we befriend death and we realize that this is the journey and the journey is and it lives mm -hmm. in the now and the more rich we are, then we don't we, we can be with grace to make this transition. And that also is very healing to our world, to our planet, to Mother Earth. Right. We can go on and be like, wow, you know, I put my best self forward i lived the love i meant to be mm. you know then that that's is healing to everybody around that's an energy that's your legacy right well Could some be. people some mm. some people are so light you know like just in their like, like, uh, like, uh, because people can have affronts, of course, you know, they can appear like they're very light, but they're very heavy hearted. And that's, mm -hmm. that's a struggle with the authenticity and the fear of the authentic self. But there are other people who just love so holy and, uh, holy as in like complete, not holy mm -hmm. as in divine, but anyways, no. yeah. They, yeah. they, they love so holy. And you just, you see those people and you're like, man you know, such a, an encouragement of how to live. Mm -hmm. And I love it when I see it in old people. Yeah. Cause it's like, damn, they get it. Because so, sometimes when you're in your humdrum, like I always do the whole, like, am I doing what I want to do? And like, I should make more of this and blah, blah, blah. I make all these crazy demands that it's like, well, that's rich coming from me anyways. But then as we get older in life, we see like, it's almost like we see the point where we're, we're, we've read a wonderful book and we've done the journey and we've done that. And now we're at the point where the hero is home. Right. And, and after this wonderful journey, he has all these new experiences. He, she, they, they have this and they're able to be there and just say, you know, man, what a trip. And I love that. That's so encouraging when I see that. Maybe we then we come back to the innocence, the way we're born in, and the innocence of a child. That's the freedom, right? It's the ultimate freedom. When you look at your baby, mm. there's there's no baggage. It's just pure love. It's the basic yeah. needs, but it's love. There's no conditioning. And then when you see older people. And often it seems like they're coming back to a different kind of innocence. And that's why they yeah. connect so well. That's why when you put a baby and an older person often together and uh, they, they, they just click and gel. Oh, that innocence, right? That's such a good point. Yeah. 
like old like like older people their sort of affinity for mm-hmm. baby like I, I i heard a story of a, a friend of mine her father passed away and where he was passing in the hospital was right beside the maternity ward wow. and he said there could be no better place oh and i was like oh wow wow that's yeah. touching that's because he could hear life coming as he was leaving it was like an airport you know for wow. souls wow 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 <laughs> that's wow that's intense it's a yeah. full circle to be i'm just trying to envision to be in that space where you're so close to the arrival and the end basically separated mm. by almost a wall wow yeah hmm. and and i think that that's just it is that this journey first of all we talk about privilege and we use it like it like some people weaponize it But really, let's get back to, because I love words, what a privilege is. And it, it's a blessing, mm. you know. And, and, and I know the world is not perfect. And it breaks my heart to see that, of course, you know, which is why I do this. But still, it's like to be alive. Man, what a privilege. You yeah, know. it's so precious. It's a precious gift. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, every morning we, when we wake up and we w get to wake up into our body, that's mm. also not a given. When we when mm. we really arrive back, the mystery of that we need to fall asleep. Every organism basically needs to rest and we need to fall asleep. And where do we go? What happens? You know, it's this this mystery that we can function and then we get to wake up back into this body. There's something when we can really realize what a precious gift. Wow. Wouldn't then our day be different? Would we not get so derailed by things which don't matter? You know, mm. be like, maybe some guy cuts us off and be like, instead of fighting back and showing him the finger and be like, wow, yeah. I feel sorry. He must have had a struggle this morning, but I forgive you and go on and maybe send some love in, you know, yeah. just send love energy and the world is a better place because it's precious. It's so precious. And, and, and really, I, and we've talked about this, but what really does matter? What really does matter, Claudia? How well we loved how much we stepped into our vulnerability and so and told our beloved and family members that they matter i think that that that's you know to see what other people whoever i mean there's so many lonely people we yes. live in these urban cities next door to each other we don't know and you know we're so close and yet we're so lonely and maybe just and i think i'll There were some amazing stories because of COVID, you know, knocking mm. on, on finally on neighbors' doors and says, let's have, you know, I have a meal for you. I don't know your name. I've yeah. lived here for five years, but here I am. And just this connection again, it's this to step up and show up to ourselves, to our humanity, all our faults in love. Yeah. Wow. I couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, yeah, to step up and show our humanity. 
Because mm-hmm. in the end, you know, to be measured by how well you were, you know, a grievous to your life, how well you were pissed off mm. versus how well you loved, you know, like, yeah, that's kind of the, the sort of the measurement, mm. how, how fully this person loved and you will be remembered that way. Yeah, Claudia, that, that's the legacy. <laughs> yes. So uh, tell us, tell us a little bit more about what you do um, with permission to bloom and, you know, because you're on Instagram and, and people can hear from you there mm-hmm. um, because this has been a wonderful conversation and I, I want more people to reach out to you. Who, who should they want to? Well, Permission to Bloom is, you know, it's exactly, we talk about this, what we talked about a lot in Permission to Bloom. It's, I work with women midlife who um, have reached a lot of their goals in life. And then there's this, not often inside, I'm like, so now what's next? And I help them to step into their power and peel back some layers and there's befriending of who we are and finding out what stops us from glowing and shining the diamond we are. Mm. <laughs> Let's say that. Mm-hmm. Did you did you have an aha moment? Uh, and again, we kind of did talk about this, but what was sort of the turning point in perhaps, or maybe you've always been you know, the way that you are, but was there ever a turning point that you became, you gave yourself permission to bloom? Um, yeah, well, you know, I guess maybe I had to peel back a few layers when I went through my um, dying process and rebirthing. But yes, I did give myself permission to bloom. And I think it was about when I allowed myself and I accepted, I accepted mm-hmm. myself. There was an acceptance with everything I am. And then there was a forgiving mm. for towards myself and my surrounding. And yeah, maybe I'm still giving myself permissions, you know, but maybe again, because we, 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 we grow, we shed more layers, we have some more deaths to go through. And I think it's a never ending process, actually. And, and to enjoy it while we can. I mean, I just, I love the name permission to bloom. And this idea of, you. you know, when we're going for a walk, and you see a flower, like, man, that's so beautiful flowers. Mm. Uh, and just sit there and and look at it and thank it. The more thank yous you say, uh, again, there's the irony. The more the more the more gratitude you have, the more you get. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know. We we do need to see. It seems like we do need to give ourselves the permission. Mm, yes. Step into something. It doesn't happen automatically. It's a conscious thing. We need to have these conversations with ourselves and create that space and then allow it to come in and up. And then we need to nurture it. It's the same like, like nature. Um, how, you know, now we're coming out of the winter and, um, and nature is mm-hmm. ready. And mm-hmm. so it gave itself 
after resting to permission to come into this next cycle, into this reapers. Wonderful. Mm. Well, Claudia, thank you so much. Did you any anything else that you'd like to share? I, I feel like there's so much, so much more that we could talk about that, uh, you know, an hour is never enough time. No, we touched on some good subjects. So and I hope that your listeners feel inspired. And if we just seed a little put a little tiny, tiny seed somewhere and then it gets to grow into a sapling or into a flower even then you know beautiful man the idea of you know uh uh, the flowers and the bee comes gets the nectar and then helps the flower repopulate it's almost like it's like that with humans like the more Mm. love and kindness we give each other it's like we're helping each other populate more i don't know anything about flowers but we we're helping each other bloom and we're blooming right. more and more. And that's yeah. kindness and that's love and right. gratitude. And courage. And cur- yes. Yeah. Courage. I, I love it. Claudia, thank you so much uh, for your time. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for your time. I really enjoyed the conversation. Once again, that was Claudia Goods and then. Uh, discussing with us the ultimate dichotomy of life and death and why we need death to make sense of life. For without death, we would take life for granted, never understanding nor experiencing the consequences of time and the decisions we make with the time that we have been privileged. There are so many pieces in this that resonate with me And one of the most uh, salient ones is at the end of life, do you want to have regrets or or do you just want to go out with a big smile on your face knowing that you lived? You see, many of us are alive, but we're not really living. And how without death, it would be hard to understand the purpose of life. For without death, we would take life for granted never understanding nor experiencing the consequences of time and the decisions we make with the time that we have been privileged. We would never feel the pressure. I wonder if we would even be motivated if we had until eternity. And that the greatest thing that we can do with the time that we're given is to make meaningful connections that echo into eternity. There are many pieces in this discussion today that, uh, that resonate with me and, and perhaps the most salient is of uh, Claudia sharing the man who upon his deathbed, the person who wishes that they had more time, that they didn't truly live and use the time that they were given. I mean, there's plenty of wisdom out there that you'll never see a U-Haul van behind a hearse, Denzel Washington. You'll never ask for another paycheck on your deathbed. What you will recount, what you will remember are the memories of the people that you shared your time with. People. That's what makes the human species so special is its ability, its hard wiring, its hunger 
for connection. And I think that somewhere in there lies the answer of why we are here. And I think that's to make meaningful connections and to help others, to help others, including themselves, and to help ourselves. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. It, uh, it certainly made me think about a lot of things. And a song that kept kind of playing in my head is, is a very famous artist from the, uh, the 70s named Jim Croce, Jim Croce. And he sings a song called Time in a Bottle. So if you're looking for a, uh, a throwback hit, check that song out. And uh, it's got a good message and uh, it kind of pertains to what Claudia and I were discussing today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We, we do want to hear from you, so please drop us a line. Our email is robsprobablywrong at gmail.com. Uh, I hope you have a wonderful day, and take care. Bye now. Thank you again for listening. I'm Robert Grant, and I'm probably wrong about everything.